From Buenos Aires, Argentina, I'm Paige Nichols. I'm Caroline McCann. And this is Bad Information, a love letter to the country that drives us mad. Oh, how I was are premature we? on that mad. I'm <laughs> particularly <laughs> mad. We're particularly <laughs> freaking out. Vibe check. How are you, sister friend? Wow. I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm on I like I'm generally trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's <laughs> the name of the game, I think. Yeah. This whole since we started recording remotely, which was like the third episode of the season, here we are now at the final episode of this season. And the world has just continued to layer on like situations that are forcing us into uncomfortable places and making us, I think, like address a lot about ourselves. And so I hope that we can like channel it in, in an effective way to learn and to grow and to do more. Um, totally. That's kind of what I'll say on a general level. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> well, I'm great. Um, not, um, yeah, I mean, this has been just such a, such a raw time. Like, I just think that I would describe everything as just very raw, like mm. painful and hard. And, but obviously then keeping my own shit in check because knowing that this is not about me, um, ultimately. Right. So it's like, but it is a very, I mean, everyone is going on their own journey of self. It just like feels like a reckoning and a very big awakening. And even though I know we, both of us would consider ourselves progressive, open-minded liberal people, right. It's like, we're realizing the limitations of, of what we thought about ourselves before and our role in society and what we aren't doing. And all of these really hard questions that don't have simple answers. And it's not like, oh, you know, I was off Instagram for one day, so now I'm enlightened and things are fixed. You know, this is like, there's so much work that needs to be done and that has to be done continuously. Like, as yeah. I said to you, and, just, like chatting, sorry, but like the, like, yeah. this is like the start of the next chapter of who we are as people. So this isn't just like, we're going to talk about it for an episode. And then it's like, ah, bye. You know, this is just, this is a full on gear switch. So it's yeah, just like heavy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, I forget what I was going to say, but I, I totally agree. I think we'll continue to see things through a, a new lens. And I know for me, it's been understanding my privilege more. Like it, I, I, that's what I think I was, that's what I think makes me uncomfortable is forcing to forcing myself to examine my privilege and check my privilege. Yeah. Um, and, and that can be like very eye opening, and maybe you discover parts of yourself that you realize you do not like. Yeah. Um, but how can you like allow those to be and not get caught up in too much guilt along the way and say like, Oh, okay. Like I was operating out of a place of ignorance. Now my eyes have been opened and how can I move forward? Like continuing to like sustain this, this new perspective that I have. A thousand percent. It's like, it's all about just recognizing, not dwelling on our own crap and not like making it about us and not becoming the protagonists of this, of this narrative, but saying, okay, great. What am I going to do about it? And that there's so many levels there and there's so many things that can be done. And it's hard for us, I think, to, I mean, obviously this is a podcast about our 
lives and experiences as Americans living in Argentina. And there's so many layers here and and we could have, you know, there's, so it's like, it's hard not to obviously bring it back to us in the sense of how are we experiencing what's happening in our own country, you know, from halfway across the world. And then it brings up a lot of these issues in our adopted homes, right, that are obviously not the same, but there's a lot of overlap. Um, and trying to reckon with the histories of both of those countries and the cultures and the and the blind spots and and just using this space to, to open up the discussion, I think ultimately you know, it's not about us. We aren't experts. I'm not pretending to be an expert. Um, and I'm not trying to tell other people's stories for them, but I do want to at least use this, you know, this podcast for, to maybe open up the conversations that are uncomfortable for other people and our listeners. Right. And, and again, acknowledging that this is not going to be something that we tie up with a little bow after 45 minutes and you're done. Um, but just trying to, I don't know. I want to like use my broken heart and my anger for like, (sighs) for like something that's actually has an impact. And so if that's, you know, elevating black voices, people of color, their stories, uh, directing people to resources, uh, then I'd rather, I, I feel comfortable with that. But also knowing that like, you know, we're all learning as we go and that I have made plenty of missteps intentionally or not. Um, but like, it's not about, policing our own solidarity like it's not about that so i mean i guess and i think um oh no go ahead go ahead no i was just thinking like just sort of how we came across how we came about just like trying to approach this right because it's like so much has happened in the past 24 hours 48 hours 72 hours the past week the past month it's like how we're just trying to process this and like surviving this year and then in the sense of like everything has just been flipped over on its head. And so it's just like, there's some, like, there's just so much that we could look at and it's like, okay, well, what do we do? And I think that it's like, there's like the, 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 the the moon said it guys, the structures will be changed. Saturno, Pluton. But like, don't quote me on that. I'm not an astrologist, (laughs) but, um, but like, I think I feel grateful to have this space to be able to like start and address like certain conversations. And I think that I want to echo what you said before about just like this being, um, just the start. And like, we would like to, given that we are white women of privilege, like we would, I think eventually like to open the space to like other more diverse voices. But for now we're, we're going to, give it our best shot. Yeah. Like again, yeah, that's a a disclaimer, if you will, of sort of we're (laughs) we're like, we're aware of all of this. It's not that like we're suddenly coming in like, you know, white savior realness, like, Oh my God, we are going to totally just be right about everything and teach you everything you have to know. And ciao. Like, I mean, this is, again, this is a raw space and there's a lot that we're still learning, but I think that, you know, I will, I will, I will say that I, I think that, and this is maybe we can just sort of segue into it head first, right? Like I was talking to some of my friends about this earlier. I've always been like the token gringa in, you know, a lot of my <laughs> friend groups here. So it's like, I've kind of, whether I wanted to or not, people have looked to me for like, you know, since Trump was elected to obviously all of this Black Lives Matter movement and it's sort of uh, apex of the past week and feeling like I've been kind of forced to be a... I don't want to say a spokesperson, right? But sort of like to be that connection maybe for a lot of, of my friends and feeling this pressure to transmit my beliefs that I 
in terms of opening people's eyes to really the problem that's going on. Because thinking that sometimes there's that curiosity of like, ¿Qué pasa ya? and then like, I kind of spend like 15 minutes, like crafting a really informative and thoughtful message. And then they're just like, ah, bueno. And then just so they can be like, yo hablé con mi amiga que gringa y ella me dijo, like, like, like not actually really caring. Totally. And, I, and I, I think that that is changing. And I think that this is like this reckoning and this kind of wakening up. That's not a word, wakening up. Um, <laughs> cool. But like, I feel like I've, I've had to, really fine-tune my vision to try to be that bridge maybe between like what's happening in the U.S. and like sharing that with my friends here or my or my acquaintances here and like I mean I had I don't know I, I mean I told you I had a really rough in, um, interaction in a group of WhatsApp yeah. earlier this week um, and I ruffled some feathers and you know because yeah. I basically you know tried to put people said, you know, they were going on about, oh, ¿qué tiene que ver? Romper todo. Why are they looting? Why are they, you know, why are they destroying property? And I said, you know, if they were killing your children, I think that um, you would do the same. And this person did not like that. And she was like, you know, how dare you come for my child? And, da, da, da. and I was like, uh, this is hypothetical. What if your child were actually being murdered by the police? Like, can you be, can you understand that? And yeah. kind of taking that, like taking that role of like, Again, not not positioning myself as an expert or like the person who can tell these stories, but at least like share information and be like, read this article, right. follow this person on Instagram, like sharing and just being kind of almost like an amplifier. Right. Because like, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I understand that. I, I got the, those questions a lot. And I, I unfortunately was one of those people that was conflict avoidant and therefore in the U.S. was kind of apathetic for a little while. And I, I will, I will like, um, say that I think Argentina has, um, like pushed me to grow in that way. Living in Argentina has pushed me to grow in that way of like, you, you're not just kind of apologetic or, or disengaged about politics here. Like you yeah. generally have an opinion and you talk about it with your cab driver and you talk about it with, you know, at your dinner table and you talk about it. And so I've grown in that way, both in terms of what I like think about Argentina and then what, what I think, um, about the U S but one thing that was interesting that Lauti brought to my attention was the kind of echo here of, um, okay, we're talking about racism in the U.S. Um, let's address racism in Argentina. And I think you and I have talked about this before. Is It's, it's not a zero-sum game. Like it, There can be racism in the U.S. and there could be racism in Argentina, and they can both be problematic. Yeah, and I can, and I can, I, can, and I can support, I can be speaking out against racism in the U.S. and not denying that it also is a problem here. I think there's right. yeah, a lot so of that either you can, or. Right, like you can, you can express... Um, you know, remorse or whatever it might be, or, or call to action around the racism that's happening in the U S and, and that can, as an Argentine, I mean, or, you know, in Argentina and that, and that can be okay too. Like you can be touched and moved by something that's happening um, in another country and allow it to expand your consciousness on a more local level. Right. Yeah. I think that as long as it's true, I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, this kind of real time unfolding of what the right thing to do or say or post or not post. Right. I mean, we're all kind of living that it's, it's a kind of a trial and error. Um, but seeing, you know, the no Minnesota is Chaco, right? Like, I mean, 
Yep. There was, and I, and I, and I appreciate that in the sense that I agree that like, we don't need to be shaming everyone for like, you posted about this, but not about this. Like what's wrong with you? Let's like transform that energy into like, okay, maybe you, maybe you aren't placing the same importance because it's been erased here. So, okay, I'm using this space to teach you rather than to shame you. I'm going to say, Hey, maybe you can also open your eyes to what's happening at the local level. And you can, you can be angry and incensed about both. Um, yeah. And I think that there is that interesting thread. I mean, it's hard. I mean, the United States, for better or for worse, is still you know, the most powerful country on the planet, right? And I'm not saying I, I think that's a good thing, but that's just sort of the reality. So I can see why countries around the world look to the U.S., and that's kind of how it's been. But um, there is that Argentine, in certain circles, that thread of you know looking outward and kind of associating with Europe and all that stuff. So it that is, I think, an, an important element of this conversation here of like, why are we caring, quote unquote, why are they caring more about what's happening abroad and ignoring, you know, the violence against indigenous people um, mm -hmm. and all that. So I think that there is there is a lot of room for that kind of discussion to be had. And I think that ultimately it's like this. It made me think of um, I read the, the case for reparations, the article published in the Atlantic in 2014, um, that's, I think, ex essential reading for everyone. And it's sort of like talking about, it's the heart, reparations, it's not about putting a number on what we owe people who have been systematically erased, but it's like, it's basically like breaking apart the essence of American identity. <laughs> and like, that's why it's so hard because it's like, mm. it's so, it's so at the core of everything that we know about our own country and what, how it was built and how it was run. And I mean, it's like, it's just so much bigger than like putting a number on like, how much do I owe you for 400 years of enslavement? Right. So, and here, I think there is a parallel just with, with Argentine history and how people of color, indigenous cultures have been erased and um, erasure of like Afro-Argentines. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's a very uncomfortable realization that, it's not just about like little micro moments. It's like, a, it's like so woven into the identity. And that's, I think really what's so hard and like so yeah. big, right? So big. Like how do you change the identity of a country, the identity of a culture? And I mean, the answer is it starts at home. I think that the answer is it starts at home and that it has mostly to do with, with yourself and future generations yeah. and, and, and being politically active, of course. I mean, here you, you, you're, it's obligatory to vote, but in the U S it's not. And so yeah, I, mean, I think it's like, it starts, I think there's the element of home, but I, I mean, I'm kind of in the vibe right now of like, burn it down, like oh, burn yeah. it, like burn it to the ground, understanding that that means I will have to sacrifice access. I will have to sacrifice innocence and naivete. I will have to sacrifice a lot. Like, but that's, that's part of it, right? Like, I mean, because this system was, I think W.B. Du Bois said, like, the system isn't broken. It was built to, it was built like this. Like, this was, like, it's not like, like, it was built. <laughs> yeah, we talk about a broken system, exactly. And it was, this is how it was designed. Like, this is not, like, a mistake. So I do think there has to be this kind of, like, massive just, like, undoing and unlearning and, and breaking apart. And like you said, I mean, yeah, starting at home and just thinking also of, like, how, we, I talked about this last night in a, in a Zoom gathering, um, like about voting because yeah, in the US it's not compulsory. And I think it, it's like, yeah, okay, vote for president. Cool. But like, 
are you participating in the local elections of like who the police chief is? Like, are you are yeah. you voting? Because that's like, are you are you to, like, expressing? Change? Like your opinions on where the budget should be spent, where exactly. your tax dollars should go. Yeah, like are you are you voting to for public school funding to not be based on um, property taxes? Because if you are, like all of these things. And so there's so much civic engagement that needs to happen. And yes, it's like there's just so many things to be done because it's like ultimately – it, co- it comes down to changing the laws and changing the way things are built. And it's so, so it's like we've had the privilege of just not having to really worry about it too much. And, and I spoke about this after the 2016 election um, when I was interviewed for um, a friend's radio show. Um, shout out Franco Torcha. Love you. Um, Hola. Saying like, you know, this was like a very expensive wake up call. And that's what, that's what I called Trump's <laughs> election because, and, and I think that I didn't even realize how much that would apply even today. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Because it's like this wake up call of we were as Americans or as white privileged Americans always kind of just assumed that things were going to work out, you know, like the, the, the right side's going to win, you know, it's liberty will prevail. Justice will prevail. I will always be comfortable because I am yeah. in my little bubble. And like, and like racism isn't a problem and, you know, or it's still there, but it's not like, that yeah, I have black friends. So racism isn't a problem. Yeah. No. Or like, <laughs> and, yeah. And it's like, and then realizing that no, like, no. And, and unfortunately we are paying the price. And I, I might actually say, fortunately we are. I mean, I'm not saying this is easy and I'm, and I'm still recognizing that like, I am not at the center of this and I'm not the one doing the suffering. Right. But like, I'm just happy in a way that this is finally all just boiling up and like boiling over. And, um, because this has, this has at this point, it's a tipping point, right? Like this has to generate true, change. And I, and I, and I really hope that, and as I want to, I want to know that this isn't in vain and that George Floyd wasn't murdered by the police and that cities aren't burning, you know, just for this to kind of become a fading memory and maybe having the backdrop of a global pandemic where we're all at home and we're all hyper-connected and not distracted is serving a greater purpose. And that like, Oh know, God, I sure hope so. I mean, that's a, that's very well said. Because I know that I have way more time to send emails to officials because it's yeah, freaking quarantine. Exactly. Signing so, petitions, getting the word out, making phone calls, uh, supporting black owned businesses and artists. Right. And like, I just think that, I don't know, then there's that whole element too of like the protest culture, right. Of like, you know, watching what's happening. Like Argentina has such a different culture of protest. Um, yeah. This is an interesting thing to to dive into. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, and it's, oh gosh, there's just so much. It's like the, the issue of protests in the U S are sort of like on the sidewalk, you know, it's like everyone talks people here talk about, you know, in the U S like people, if you, if you, like as if that's a good thing. Um, and the, Oh, interesting. And and like a badge of honor. Well, no, kind of, no, kind of, no, no. Like Argentine saying, you know, getting really fed up with like the Cortes de Lobelisco and how they're like fucking up traffic and saying, if you're in the U S and they're wanting, ah, and they're idolizing the U S for that. Yeah. Or like saying that's like, you know, it's respectful, like it's a respectful protest. And I can see elements of that. Um, like I can, I can understand that point of view. Because here it's like you have the institution of the protest as, you know, the unions and people maybe getting paid to and bust in. And, you know, there's that kind of like it's just like a very double edged sword. Right. Because you have like this 
the idea of taking to the streets. I mean, hello, this is the fifth anniversary of the first Ni Una Menos. Um, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, very active in that in the sense of like, vamos al Congreso, like marchamos, like we will take to the streets and march for our rights. Um, but then there's that side of people here being like, hay otro día, otra protesta, otra manifestación. Like, you know, this is just bullshit. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't do anything. And like, 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 you know, stop, like, my rights begin where, like, your rights end where mine begin, right? So it's kind of like, déjame ir a trabajar, no me cortes la de julio. And then in the U.S., it's like, you know, I don't think that that was, like, we don't have that kind of, like, culture as much. And no. so it's, like, very cool and interesting to see now, like, just how, I don't know, everyone's coming together and staying organized and trying to, like, share resources and information and ways to stay safe and, like, exposing. And, and being... Yeah. And being violent and not violent. And like, because I think that, you know, I participated in the women's March in, um, 2017 in, uh, New York. And like, Mm -hmm. it was, um, it was completely peaceful. And Lauti thought that that was, I speak on behalf of Lauti a lot because he's like the Argentine voice, but he's like, he thought that that was kind of useless. He thought that if it wasn't like violent, it wasn't Mm -hmm. going to actually make make an impact and make a change well like and um so you could say like the white the women's march there was a lot of uh blowback from that i was in dc it's sort of like you know white feminism and yeah kind of like okay everyone gets to pat themselves on the back and say they like marched but like yeah like what happened from that right like what what change did that bring about i can see that like i can see that element like i think that so i who who said it like by definition a protest can't be nonviolent. like a protest like as a, as a concept, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's that. Yeah. Element no, no, of like, no. And I, I felt that too. It was like, yeah, that felt really nice to gather with a bunch of women and men or, or, you know, whatever gender that support are supporting women. Um, but it, I, I didn't do anything. I'm doing way more now than I did then. Right. You know? So, and I, and I think that like, we have to be like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's important to have hindsight and look back and say, okay, yeah, I can see where that's like maybe problematic or it's like misguided or misdirected, but it's still like, you know what, if it got people out, like got my mom, like my mom who's, you know, it got my mom out and marching and maybe again, it was like superficial in the sense of, you know, I I still think that there are like positive things to be drawn from it. And I I don't want to like discredit what we, what that movement was or our participations in it or whatever. But I think that there's that line, yeah, between like, the ad like advocating for looting or not. And like, and, and I'm not, you know, in the, in the sense of uh, also like agitators being brought in, like there has been a lot of issue in the U S with that where like, I mean, protests are peaceful. There are peaceful gatherings of activists. And then these like white agitators who are like undercover cops come in and like destroy property and then like peace out and then leave the people there to like holding the, you know, like responsible for it, which is like fucked up. So I'm like, again, there's, I mean that, and that is, that's that happens. That's a real thing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like part of me says, I can understand why like an an actual protester would want to break shit because they're fucking mad and they're tired. But then it's like when you have those subtleties of who's really doing it and like, yeah. And and maybe law enforcement using it to destabilize. I mean, there's a lot of that there. So it's like, but at the end of the day, I'm just like very, 
I don't know. I loved reading the story about the guy in D.C. who, um, as curfew was closing in and the cops were using their tactic to, like, squash people into an ever smaller square, like, area um, in a residential neighborhood in in downtown D.C. And these neighbors opened up their doors to, like, over 100 activists and let them sleep at their house and spend the night and stay safe until curfew was lifted. And, like, I think that, like, those are, like shiny beacons and like i was watching last night on cnn with anderson cooper like you know they were showing it was like you know a lot of the media is is only showing the violent parts and like but look at these massive gatherings of people that are peaceful and that are super charged there's tons of peaceful protests going on and there's protests going on across all 50 states exactly and it's not just like you know rioters looting Uh, like it's it is right right exactly i mean just the way here i mean the 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 news channels here like really scandalize violence i i certain channels i'm not i'm not plugged in i don't like watch tv but you know them better than i do um but yeah our media does that too and so yes you know there's looting there are fires there's awful awful violence going on. Um, but there's so, and there is so much good, like peaceful protest going on. And I hope like consciousness, like a a general change in consciousness. It's just like wild to think about how social media is like, as like Twitter, especially is like where a lot of this like unfiltered real information is coming through, but you realize that like, not everyone's on Twitter. Like our parents aren't on Twitter. Right. So it's like the, when you, when you, that's why it's another wake up call about media consumption and like where you get your media and how you consume it and like how you double check your sources and all those things. Like it's just a lot of work and it's sort of like, yeah, it's work, it's hard and it's important. And it's kind of maybe why we ended up where we are now because people got lazy and you know, you could, Mm. you could argue that point. And I think that like, I don't know, thinking of this issue of like the, of like police brutality in the United States and then also, and like, in terms of as obviously triggers for all of this, what's happening, you know, police murdering black people without any consequences for decades, but also even like during these protests and just like seeing it's like, so it, to me, it's just like, I can't even watch. I get to a point where I can't watch these videos of cops just like beating up people who are walking down the street and like literally just, and they're being filmed and they don't even care because they know that they're protected and thinking about, Thinking about the the concept of police brutality in the U.S. versus police brutality in Argentina, yeah, you know, there's this. It's uh, here, you know. After, I mean, we're still f- f- relatively fresh out of the military dictatorship, so because of um, or with human rights issues, of course, the police. This is what I've been told by my Argentine friends, and I understand it. But I've also been like, I'm, I'm not an expert on this, right? But sort of like. Following that and following kind of like the de the dearmament of the of the armed forces, it's like the police really can't quote unquote do much, right? Like it's like they can't touch you. No te pueden poner una mano because it's like you know people will scream. Ah, that it just my nose. Like crit- critics will say it like frame it like that, right? Yeah. And um and so and so there's this kind of like desire among some people to like la vuelta de la mano dura, you know, like they want like an iron fist and Mm -hmm. like during the last presidential administration, like Patricia Burrich and like this kind of like, you know, giving more power back to the police forces and like even people saying like, okay, vuelvan los milicos, which is just like, doesn't happen in countries like, you know, it doesn't happen in the U S but it's common in a lot of countries in Latin America. Um, But like, that's also, it's it's wrong because there has been so much police brutality 
exercised against indigenous people across Argentina, but it's just not getting attention. So it's like, like, you know what I mean? It's like this misguided sense of like people wanting the cops to have more agency. Cool, fine. But they actually do because they're like sexually assaulting and like brutalizing people all over the country. And it's like, it's kind of like people have their blind spots put up. I don't know. I think Argentine's. Oh man, I certainly (laughs) do. I mean, I, I don't know. I never got a, never got a good vibe, but I definitely haven't like, um, been aware of or, or done any research on police brutality in Argentina. Um, but, but since thanks to this reckoning, like my eyes are being open to, I guess, a lot of different, um, sides of Argentina, just like learning about the, the, the essential whitewashing and then like residual just invisibilization of, of black people. And then seeing, you know, this, like, it's, it's not a coincidence that like on the same day that we're talking about blackout Tuesday, that there's, you know, footage shown of, um, of police brutality in Chaco. Like, okay, this is evergreen for like probably a number of countries. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, I, I remember the, 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 Chocobar case um, from a few years ago, speaking just and like this is a police officer. He was off duty. um, So he wasn't like he wasn't active at the time, but he basically shot a criminal in the back as he was running away um, and killed him. And like he went to the Casa Rosada and was like celebrated by Macri and Patricia Burrich. Right. And it's sort of like it just brought up this debate of of police brutality of, you know, of like good guys versus bad guys, quote unquote, and like mano dura. And it's sort of like, okay, I get that. Like, I get that it's really frustrating that, you know, if a, if, if, if a thief here is like taken into custody, they can be like back on the street in two hours because they're, um, uh, you know, they're not 18. I'm not like, I'm not saying that Argentina doesn't have like a serious issue. I'm not talking about that, but it's sort of like to celebrate someone for murder when like that, like that, you know what I mean? Like we're suspending who they are. It's like they killed someone and it's like, we're celebrating that. That's like very, it's so hard. But, and then it's like, so many people came out to support that. And then it's like, you wow. had the cops in San Miguel del Monte who were like trigger happy and they were shooting at a car full of teenagers. Like they killed four people. Um, I mean, like there's, there's a, and that's just, those are two very isolated, but like cases that got a lot of media coverage because then it goes to the whole issue of like the, yeah, the erasure of coverage about about of police violence against people of color like again you mentioned Chaco Luis Espinosa in Tucumán he was shot and killed by like a re- like a like a police weapon that was confirmed and they tossed his body into a ditch in Catamarca like and he was found a week later right so there was cover up too and then you have all the police brutality against the West African immigrants in Once who are selling things right on the street of Los Manteros I mean yep. You know, then you have, I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's systemic and it's institutionalized and it's very much a thing and it's, it's not going away and it, it will never go away unless we start talking about it. And again, we are not experts on this, but I think that we can at least bring it up so maybe people who didn't know can do their research and, and, and learn and start to just be more informed. Because again, if you're only looking at the, the mainstream media, and what they're choosing to cover, you're not getting all of the information and you aren't getting yep. sometimes any of the information. So yep. it's so important to like sit 
like open your eyes, open your ears. And, and just because you aren't seeing it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And just because it makes you uncomfortable doesn't I mean, you can like run away from it or pretend it's not an issue. I hope yeah. that. And like, that's, yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, ex- you can't be like, oh, okay, well, it's not a problem because I don't see it. So la. like, it's like, it's just, it, it sucks. Yeah. It, this sucks. Like it sucks that we have to be now that we have to recognize all of the horrible things about our societies. Like it sucks, but you know what? It sucks more to be the people who are at the mercy of that society. Yes. Yes. So, like, I really, that's like, very obviously ugh, spot on. When I saw that, I was like, thank you for that reminder. Okay. <laughs> you know, Back like, to work. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sorry for us. Not, it's like, you know, it's like <laughs> not at all. I am not like to use Borat, but like to, you know, it's, it's, it, yeah, it, it's like, and that's why it's like, yeah, okay. We can wallow a bit in our white guilt for like four seconds. And then it's like, even though we've given it like 45 minutes, yeah. but no. <laughs> and it's like, but I mean, you know, but I think because of the, the issue, yeah. Of like, well, just, I mean, no, it's not a pretty topic. People don't want to talk about it. Or it's like, we're obviously, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, ways it can go wrong. And I think that, and so it's, that's why it's just education and like constant, constant learning and listening and unlearning is, is where it starts. You know, sometimes it's like, it's just, I mean, we, we all have Google, like there's actually a really great, I love the, um, the, the satire publication reductress. It's so good. Like some of the, um, like some of the, the, fake head it's like the onion right but it's like a feminist okay. face and it's like <laughs> it's just like oh I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to i'm gonna find it right now because it's like talks about it's just like the funny it's like i support i support this social movement as long as it's not too inconvenient for me right you're like you know totally women, totally like women, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i have to find this in real time because it's just like <laughs> Um, okay, hold on. So I think, and another Wait, thing that I on, think, sorry, sorry. Well, why oh. I'm choosing to ask a black stranger how to be a better ally, even though Google is free. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, like, like we can all, we all have access to Google. Like this is well, right. And that's the thing that, I mean, yeah, it's like, don't reach out to your black friends. Like I did reach out to black friends. That's the weird thing. And I felt so uncomfortable to be perfectly honest. I mean, I want to reach out to them and just be like, I love you. But, um, I was reaching out to ask about their experiences in Argentina, but I made sure to, I mean, I tried to be cautious around like anything that I can Google fucking Google. Yeah. Like how and no any, okay. We have both worked in jobs before where we have to tell people a lot, like in a kind of nice way, like you can Google that. Like, yeah. and yes. that's kind of how I felt in some of my conversations, like talking with my friend who is Jamaican American. And I was just talking about her personal experience and she was like, yeah, but you should probably do some like reading up on like, you know, the history of slaves in Argentina. And I was like on it, like I was, I yeah. was already on it, but I was like, don't worry. Like, I'm not going to ask you to educate me on that because exactly. that's absolutely not your place. Exactly. Cause it's like, it's just, I mean, I read an interesting piece on bustle that was like, this woman saying, a black woman saying, I wish, like, it's great that all my friends, my white friends were like, you know, buying books about racism, but I wish they had talked to me about this earlier. Like, kind of like now. Or I wish they weren't buying them on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also like, I wish it's like, it's great that like they're reading about by scholars and these, you know, whatever, blah, 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 like in, you know, educated voices, people, all of those great things. Like, of course she wasn't like, you know, disqualifying their their ability, but it was kind of like, I wish we'd, I wish these friends would have reached out to me 
last year or two years ago, you know, like have, having a like a like an uncomfortable tipsy conversation on a stoop in uh, in the summer. Like you know maybe like if we had if we had reached out to our friends before because she was like, does that mean that I'm not actually your friend? Like are you are you afraid of me? Like I don't. Know, it brought up some really interesting. Oh wow! Some interesting comments, but like yeah, just thinking about. I mean, we've talked about, I think, before just like racism in Argentina very broadly, right? And sort of like how Argentines will say, pero nosotros no somos racistas porque no hay negros. Like, that's literally what they'll say. Like, there are no black people here, so we can't be racist. And it's like, what? Like that, I mean, that's already like, you know, a big red flag, even for someone who doesn't know a lot, that doesn't, that doesn't square with me, right? And so you think looking into the history and looking into the systemic and historic erasure of Afro-Argentines and then like... Then even, I mean, we just had 25 de Mayo and it's like blackface is like a common practice on 25 de Mayo and like little kids in school are like, yeah. And like, I remember at one of my jobs, we had like a celebration of 25 de Mayo and we were eating pastelitos and empanadas and blah, blah, blah. And there was a woman who literally had like very dark makeup put on her face to like, and I, and I, People were like taking pictures and laughing and posing. And I said to our boss, I was like, I'm uncomfortable with this. If this if these photos are like, you know, shared, you know, you're opening up yourself to like a lot of potential issues. And this was like four or five years ago. And they were like, oh, stop being so PC, like get over it. Like blackface isn't an issue here. That's only in America. And I remember feeling so frustrated because I wanted to like explain why this was wrong, but like not. It's not that I didn't have the words, but I felt like I had to, like, go above and beyond to, like, change their minds, right? Because it was like I was already sort of, like, marked as the oversensitive PC white girl. The PC, yeah. And, like, PC. you need to relax, you know? And I was just like, no, like, oh, and just feeling so overwhelmed, right? And just And then feeling just, like, frustrated and upset and, like, how like how here everyone just calls Asian people chinos and like, you know, it's not, it's not unheard of to see people like pull their eyes back to like describe an Asian person and like yep. think it's funny. And it's just They're like, negro. yeah, I mean, obviously that like the term negro de mierda and like all of the, all of the way that our language, the Spanish language has built in racism is, is so, it's so ever present. And yet it's like, people just don't see it. So like, ever present that, it. that it's, yeah, that exactly. It, it, it's, you know, I think coming from coming from the outside and coming in and, and hearing, you know, the the use of the word negro, negro de mierda, like these phrases, and you're like, am I hearing this right? Yeah, like yeah, you're like, wait, am um, I translating? Because where I was from, where I'm from, this would not fly. Um, and yeah, and then there's the cheat. Like I, I had an experience in my beloved um, therapy space where we were like being told to like move like different beings, different animals. You know, it was like you know I do these weird things. It's like you know move like a snake or whatever. And then it was like <laughs> walk like a chino. And I'm like, what? Uh, I stopped dead in my tracks. All the blood left my face. I was like very, very mortified to like be in that space. Not, yeah. I, I know I keep coming back to like how this makes me feel, but it was like that it, it struck me. It struck a chord with me because that like, that doesn't fly where I'm from, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but, but that really is harmless. And I think it's... I think that a lot of Argentines don't see the harm in it. Um, and 
a friend of mine who is another Jamaican American uh, friend of mine said, I thought that she said very well. She said that like, she doesn't feel that the, the violent version of racism that she had grown accustomed to when she was living in the U S but she feels in Argentina, she feels that there's like a harmless ignorance and sometimes bothersome curiosity. Yes. So it's, I thought that that was so well said. Yeah. Cause it's like that, that, that the fetishization also comes into play. Like I have a lot of friends who are like young and well-traveled and quote unquote woke, you know, I'm using that very liberally, but like, and they're like, black people dance better. Black people all have big butts, like black people, this. And I'm like, whoa, like it's kind of, and they're like wanting to have the trenzas africanas and like that whole, and I mean, you'll see celebrities here doing like Lali Esposito got into like a lot of, she's like a massive pop star and like all of this kind of black, um, black fishing. And actually Jennifer Parker is a woman on Instagram. Um, well, at the end we can read like a list of Instagram accounts. We recommend that people check out to like learn more and just to expose themselves. And like, but she did a great sort of piece about black fishing and like that kind of copying of, of, of black culture and using it to like, not like white privilege is being able to like profit off of black culture without actually being black. And like, yeah, there's that, that that kind of curiosity that your friend mentioned. I see that because it's kind of like this, it's almost as if it's like, wow, how exotic, like what a weird and different culture, like making it, oh, it's like. It, yeah, she it, said that there's not a day that goes by that she that a stranger doesn't ask her where she's from. And usually that's the first thing that they'll ask her. Yeah. So it's like, imagine that, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, like, like, I mean, if people like, I mean, we asked our, we asked some of our followers and listeners to share like their, their input and stories on racism on Instagram. And like, you know, some people said like a girl told me to go back to my country because I was um, talking too loudly on my phone. Um, But but that curious thing, by that moment I had already become Argentine. So this is my country too. Um, A person saying, Uh you know, like uh, it's, it's, then you have like a, a door, a doorman told my then boyfriend that he could do better than being with a Venezuelan um, being called a Chilena de Mierda, dirty Peruvian job stealer, um, all these things. It's, just, it's everywhere. And, you know, and then you have the celebrities who are kind of like, oh, God, like the white knighting, like Liz Solari. Um, and I, uh, there was a couple other celebrities who just like big missteps, you know, and it's just like it's just to me, it's like in plain sight. At the same time, it's like not no one's really getting getting at the core of the issue. So it's like, I don't know. Like it's like what the fuck, right? Like, I think, um, you know, I think that like if you look, the the bubble, um, one of our one of my interns published an interesting piece uh, about Afro Argentines and how they were systematically whitewashed from Argentine history. It's an interesting. It's like a nice kind of digestible but like academic style piece that I think is, um, it's in English. Yeah, so I thought it, it was great. I read it. Yeah. That's a, time. yeah, I think that's ago. good. And like, and it was definitely a great place to start. Yeah. It's a great starting point. And then it's like, we talk about, like, I mean, like you said, you even, you know, you went down your own Google rabbit hole of, of looking at, um, the history of black Argentines in, in, in Argentina. And then there's the whole issue too, of the indigenous populations. I mean, there's, right. there's more than 30, uh, like indigenous groups uh in Argentina that almost total like almost a million people but if you look into how they were how they were treated legally like sort of by like the constitution and then obviously socially um like what's really like 
it's just like oh god it's just like so messed up and it's just so like you had the the, the conquest of the desert in 1880 which was like known like they call them the guerra contra el indio um Jeez. And just like the stealing, yeah, like just the let's, stealing. Let's of, put it, yeah, let's just brand it really, uh, really clearly. Yeah, and like, I mean, they the first the first three national census of Argentina didn't didn't even go and like include the indigenous populations in the census because they said that they were quote out of the empire of civilization. They were outside of civilization, so they didn't even need Holy to be. Holy shit. They were just, like, on, like wild. Like yeah, just they were not wild. Even, not even considered, like, the same species. Yeah. Not, not to be included in the census. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, and so, like, there's just so much work to be done here, too, right? So it's, like, when, I think when you just start to even do your ABC basic education of racism in Argentina, it's it hurts, and it's shitty, but it's also, like, the I think that's a good thing, right? Like this pain and this discomfort mean that you are, it's not too late to change your mindset. Like, I think that we, we've kind of gotten to this place. I mean, like with the Grieta, like the Grieta Politica here in Argentina, the Grieta now that's in the United States, like a lot of us, I think, think that we can't change other people's minds because everyone's just like so determined to like defend their beliefs. But we, I think, are even like living proof of we're changing, right? I mean, yeah. I, don't, I, I know that we wouldn't um, identify ourselves as like hardcore, like crazy racist assholes, like, you know, like ha- white supremacists, but we still are learning that we have a lot of work to do. So like that's, that should be, I don't want to say inspirational, but it should be like a reminder that it's, that we can all continue to grow. I mean, let me make a, try to make a metaphor. So this like triangle graphic that you see going around with like the KKK at the top and just like every other factor that contributes to racism being the rest of the iceberg that's like underwater. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's what you get into when you start to work with like, when you start to do therapy and work with like the subconscious is like, okay, there are my thoughts. And then there's like, so much more that contributes to like who I am, how I feel, how I react, like all, how I, how I like present myself in the world. And so you, you crack that nut and you like realize that there is so much to be done. And for me, it's like, like I said, shit, I got time. Like, let's, let's start learning. Like yeah. let's start. And, and that's what we want to do for the listeners too. Like, hopefully open that space and provide resources that are helpful. I know in the past few days, I've learned more than I have learned like in my entire college education. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's and exactly like, I think that like, you know, we have like, it, it all goes back to like, there's, there's, a, there's several things that we can do, right? It's like, like you said, it's constantly educating ourselves, right? Because it's like, I, someone had said, you know, we don't get a gold star at the end of this. It's not like, okay, Paige, Caroline, Fulana, you know, you learned about racism. Check, like you're done. Like this is ongoing and it's continuous right, like- and it's happening in real time. Like it's not just like a, oh, I, I went to like one website and then I'm done. Like it's it's gonna it has to change almost like at the cellular level, and then it's like oh, yeah. and then that's like inward, right? And then outwardly, it's like okay, you support local organizers, you join groups, you donate, like you donate your money, you put your money where your mouth is, uh, you support like black owned businesses groups, you know, charities, um, any, like, and there's so many ways to do that. And I think that especially now it's like with just internet, you know, you don't even have to be in the same place to donate or to share, you know? And then it's like, and then it's like, 
actively calling out injustice as you see it. And that means like maybe having heated conversations through WhatsApp with grupos and like calling out your parents and your uncles and aunts and your siblings and your friends and just like constantly assessing that role that we play and like just fighting it on the day-to-day basis because, you know, this will, this will stop being trendy maybe next week. You know, people will go back to Instagramming pictures of their dogs. I'll probably be one of them, but that doesn't mean (laughs) that, but, 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 but it's like, how will you support people of color when it's not just a trending topic? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, elevating their voices, support, honoring their work, like donating, like listening, if they're artists, you know, supporting artists. Yeah. And not, and it's not all lives matter because it's, we're not talking about equality. We're talking about like lasting, like lasting inequality. And like you said, reparations, we're not, there's not some, like you said, there's no, nobody's keeping score of how much are you learning about like your racism or, you know, um, how to be an anti-racist. It's like, it's, it's on you. And, um, I kind of fucking lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Well, it's just like heavy. I mean, it's like, I think like, it's like, I have like, you know, being an ally, like a true ally is based in action. Right. So it's like, it's like, you know, there's this whole performative aspect of it. And it's like trying to get like head pats and feeling good about ourselves. But like, that's not real allyship. That's a start. If you're, if that's, if that's where your journey starts and you share something on Instagram great but like you have a very long road to go and that's also great like but like continue it and like impact versus intent like because at this point I think a lot of us would be say oh well, my intentions were were never bad okay but now it's really like let's turn it turn it on what your impact was right like what did you actively actively do and there's just yeah I mean it's it's again it's not pretty it's not you can't tied up in a bow. It's not simple. Um, There's going to be missteps that we all make, but I think that this is, let this just serve as the starting point and like as a reminder to elevate people of color and their stories and their voices and their work and listen and, 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 and recognize just that. And and I guess trying, yeah, trying to like get back to what I was saying before is like the, the reparate, like there is no number, there is no, like nobody's keeping score. And so it's not like, okay, yeah. Like I, you know, spent those two days, like, you know, following these steps and now I'll just go back to like the comfort of my, you know, of my routine. It's like consistently making those efforts. It's, it's, I've seen it described as a practice. And I think that that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting, like, it's just sort of, it's, it's a new muscle that we are exercising every day. And it's, it's, for me, it is like an antes y un después, right? Like I would, I would like to say that before all of this, I was, I would, I would say, you know, I'm not a racist person. I'm, I would say, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-racist, right? But it's like, then I look back and say, okay, well, what was I actually doing besides just like knowing it in my own head, like, and, and, and like knowing maybe these like facts about history and, and all these things. Okay. I knew all that and I was sympathetic to it and like, great, but like, what was I actually doing? And so it's like, yeah, it's hard for us to, to admit our, for our shortcomings because we're in this kind of time of like constant exposure with social media. And I, what really kind of kicked everything off for me, um, or one part of it was, um, Haley Naiman's 
newsletter she used to write for Man Repeller, and she um, has a newsletter called Maybe Baby. It came out on Sunday, and I and I sent it to a lot of my friends, and I because I. I just thought that her thoughts echoed a lot of my own, and I like how she said, Social media has become inextricably linked with self-promotion. It's never been easier to align yourself with values you don't actually demonstrate in real life. So how do we square the hard work of untangling our implicit biases and unlearning most of the lies we learned in school with the ease of posting on Instagram? Right? Like, there's that, and I think that that's like a, that's like a, it's an important question. And it's like, yeah, this kind of performative talking about keeping score of who's doing what. It's like, okay, great. But like, you have to go beyond that. And it's like, we have to kind of take ourselves out of this virtual stage that we, that we all find ourselves on and do it, do it with different objectives and not about just like showing it off, but like actually fucking doing something. Um, And there's just so much like we can read and watch and people we can follow. I mean, we have this great list of, um, and I think we'll, we'll put it up on our Instagram, but like local accounts like Instagram that people can follow to learn about Afro-Argentine and indigenous Argentine populations, like in all different ways. Like this woman, Jennifer Parker, Identidad Marrón, eh, Afrofeminas, Afro-Argentina, Interseccionalidad, eh, Piba Afro-Com, Afropositivismo. Like there's just so many that have tons of information and it's like we need to be supporting them and amplifying their voices yeah absolutely yeah no <laughs> you've been you've been like a <laughs> i'm oh still God. here you, you, <laughs> you you've been like off? a <laughs> you've been no you've been like a leader for me in that regard because i i've been more plugged into what's happening on in the u.s but i'm like simultaneously trying to get plugged in here so i'm gonna start following too yeah follow and just like learn and share and and like be that person to like, you know, spread it among your friends and your family. It's like, there's nothing, when I say there's nothing bad that can come from it, cause it's like, you'll learn, like, it's also, you'll learn more about people, good and bad. And that will also help you like decide who you want to spend your time with. And I think that like, it's, it's okay now to be like strict in that sense. If that, if, if I make like, Interesting. Sort of, like, like, I don't know. I feel like I don't, I want to educate people from my own space, but I also want to know like who the, like I'm okay with cutting out people who are not open to learning and changing and being actively anti-racist. It's like, totally. I don't want like you in people my space. who want to operate in an echo chamber. Yeah. And like, and I, and I, and I want to constantly expose myself to new spaces and new people and new voices so I can continue to learn and like, just understand that, like we all play a role and knowing what that role is and actively fighting injustice and, and, and what, what it means to be an ally. I mean, I, I call, yeah, I consider myself like a, you know, a queer ally. I'm super involved in that community and on a a lot of ways, but it's like, okay, but also, yeah, like how, what are you actually doing? You know, it it comes back to just holding ourselves accountable and it's like, yeah. And I think whatever your cause might be, if you're involved in like the feminist movement, it's like, okay, what about like, the code switch podcast that you turned me on to about Such like, a good feminism and like black feminism. And it's like, Oh wait, like there's an intersection of like, like black women. And like, let's talk about just, yeah, intersectionality you know, the, is so important. 
Yeah. Because if you're, yeah, if you, or, or if you're, you know, like a queer, like you're supporting the queer community. Okay. Let's talk about the black queer community, like the black trans community. I've seen a lot of that going around and I think well, yeah, that, it's pride month. Right. And so it's like, yeah, and it's double, like pri- yeah, double dip, <laughs> double dip. And it's like pride month. Like, you know, it's like not about rainbow jock straps and glitter. It's, you know, <laughs> the pride, the pride is political and it always will be political. Pride was a protest. Let's never forget Stonewall that was, like spearheaded by black trans women like Marsha P. Johnson. So it's like, once again, black, like this country, I think like all of the social movements you could say are like, you know, sort of coming on the backs of black women who are in the fucking trenches. It's like, we don't get to just like jump on the top and be like, "Ah, brunch, you know, like (laughs) mimosas. Yeah, it's not that. And so let's fucking start by honoring that and and taking a moment to really think about that and what that means and yeah so the the intersectionality on all levels is super important and yeah I highly recommend the code switch podcast I mean like I know our podcast is maybe technically one that people come to to like be distracted or just have a little fun or learn about uh, talking about Argentina and alfajores ha 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 but you know there's obviously a lot of like informative great content out there and i think yeah Yeah. which is great um in the dark has also been recommended 1619 um seeing white i mean there's just so many and and i I think that we can share all this on our on our instagram um so people who can you know are listening can can go go somewhere and, and continue and i like i just encourage everyone that's listening to share just to like be open and to and to really look inward and to like reckon with themselves but also have that conversation with themselves first about like, what are you going to do about all of this? And then commit to creating space to make that happen. Yeah. Like sketching out your time, the time that you're going to dedicate to this on a consistent basis. Yeah. And because like, it's not, it's not going away. It's not going away. <laughs> if the yeah. trend passes and the hashtag, you know, passes, it's not going away. It's not going away. And this is an antes and después. And so thinking about just, yes, surviving 2020, we've already been put through the ringer collectively, you could say, you know, from the start of the year. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, I don't know. It's like, I think at first people were like, this year doesn't count. Remember, it was kind of people being funny, like this year doesn't count. (laughs) And now it's like, I think this is the year that counts the most of all. And I, and I really well said, I hope that like, I just, I don't know. I'm just like ready. And I'm, and I'm, unsure and I'm nervous and like we were putting ourselves out here in this space and I know that we kind of both like nervous about how you know what what we're going to talk about and how it's going to be perceived but like we all need to just acknowledge it and like I just hope that yeah like the second half of the year brings even more awakening and even more justice and and fucking dismantling of every kind of racist and prejudiced system that we have you know like this is hard work and we have to do it together. Yeah. And I totally well said, because I will echo that in the sense that like a lot of us are isolated right now. And therefore maybe the spaces where we would bring up these like difficult topics are, are not, are no longer present. But like you said, we're like, we're hyper connected at the same time online. And so like, I would ask our listeners to like, please engage with us and like share your experiences or ask questions or, you know, let's, let's tell find answers. We were wrong. <laughs> you know, like- yeah, please. Oh, hell yeah. Like, and, and, and let's find answers together because I think if we haven't made it clear, like we are not experts, we're, but we're, we're very like willing to be, to be vulnerable and to be, 
um, educated, I would say. Yeah. Like, because that's, I mean, I think that's, that's our, our podcast has been a great space for that because we've just, we're so obsessed with just like analyzing and looking inward and reflecting. And and I think it's a, and that's why I think in a way, like, you know, we're, it's like we're in a good space because it means we're already willing to admit that there's things that we don't know and we're willing to just like really take a hard look in the mirror. So it's like, okay, let's continue that. Let's like, let's really amp it up a, a notch, right? And so it's like, you know, we don't have the sobre misa of six hours on a Sunday to like get into a debate with Tio Faku, you know, and like, and it's like, and I, and I know that sometimes it's like we tend to, yeah, maybe shy away from it because it's like I had so much work or it's so draining and it's so much energy, but like I'm feeling super re, like I'm feeling energized by all of this in the sense of like, I will be that person. Like, I'm okay with that now. Like, and I think maybe I, you know, in the sense of like, I will, I will force the issue and I will force the conversation and I will do my best to, to do it the right way. If that, if that makes sense in terms of like, Ooh, I think we should write a guide around doing it the right way because <laughs> or, that's going to be hard or like, yeah, or just, I mean, yeah. Cause it's like, again, it's constantly checking our own privilege, checking our own, like, you know, this isn't about, isn't about us, but at the same yeah. time, each of us has a, has a platform, no matter how small we have a platform yeah. to share with the people around us and have those uncomfortable even if conversations. Just, yeah. Even if it is just your dinner table and sharing it with, you know, your, your most intimate people, yeah. but yeah, it's, it, it will be hard. And, um, like we said before doing this podcast, we can do hard things. We can do hard things and we, and we owe it to ourselves to do hard things. And I think that, you know, ultimately this is, you know, we belong to each other that's, that's how I feel. We belong to each other. And this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg in every sense of the word. And I'm, I'm just with my broken heart and my anger and my, all of those emotions, I'm using it as fuel to, to, to put myself there and to learn and to listen and to change. And then, and just to know that it's, it's a constant and that, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting maybe to check in <laughs> in a few months or at the end of the year and see like what what wow. has come from this, oh right? Oh flash! I cannot imagine what the next six. Flash! I cannot imagine what the next six months are going to look like, man. But wow, yeah, mm. I'm ready for them too. It's like I I'm feel ready. more. I feel more. I feel energized and focused in. in and a it's like direction. you know, Argentina has taught us that resilience and that ability to evolve and be dynamic. Right. And, and so it's like, let's take, let's take what, what we have from our adopted country as we do from our home countries in terms of how we view the world or how we insert ourselves into those spaces. And just, I don't know, like, let's just, it's a, it's a messy ride, but like, fuck yeah, we're going like Shendo. Oh yeah. Like the messy is what makes it great. So, and like on that note, I mean like the messy is what makes a great name of my sex tape. On that note. And on that note, because we still hadn't said name of my sex tape yet in this episode. If you were. No, but also like, thank you for hanging with us all season long, season two. We were thrilled to be able to continue to bring the podcast to your ears, um, even remotely during quarantine. So yeah. Ha sido un flash, flash. I mean, like, cause again, I mean, I think of how we kicked off the year. We were all jacked up and like now we're just oh, we were I'm jacked. underneath my dining room table wanting to cry every 34 seconds. Right. And like, but you know, that's like, that's, what's great. And I love thinking of just, I love looking back on this season and all the things we've talked about and how we've evolved and our community of really faithful listeners and our audience. And I love them and I love you all. And please, uh, 
follow us on Instagram and Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you. Uh, but, but again, like I think that, yeah, using our space as not just an online one is, uh, is something that I, I foresee us developing, you know, and continuing to kind of just connect with. So let's go offline, baby. I mean, I'm going to go just like dip my face in a tarro de dulce leche <laughs> and watch Esperando la Carroza on repeat. Oh my God, más argentino imposible. Imposible, che. Um, All right. So like, I guess un gustazo. We'll un gustazo. Pero ahora, ahora te llamo. Dale, llámame. <laughs> Después lo vemos. Después te llamo. Ahora voy. <laughs> Bye. Bye.